Welcome to the Social Witnessing Podcast, observing the world from a nice, safe distance. All right, episode 13 of the Social Witnessing Podcast with an old, old friend, brother of two-time Social Witnessing Podcast guest, John. Dave and his wife Jen. What is up, guys? Welcome to the show. Welcome. Hey, Yaniv. How are you? Hi. Hi. How are you guys doing? Good. You seriously had John on twice? <laughs> we we were forced to. There was nobody else available at the time. I mean, there must have been a reason. That makes sense. Uh, we partnered him with Elder though for some comedic re- relief for for the second time around. So it wasn't as awful as the first time. <laughs> <laughs> No, I listened to the first one. It was pretty good. <laughs> no, it was good. Yeah, it was enjoyable. They were both really fun. It was, yeah, yeah, it was a good time. So I was just talking to Michelle about this, um, and I was saying, man, has it really been 20 years since we graduated high school? Because I believe that is the last time I saw you. <laughs> um, it's been, yeah, it's been a really long time. But I think I saw you once after graduation but you probably don't remember when was that it's a a funny story i was working in a restaurant oh on davy street do you you remember that at all now came in really late at night (laughs) (laughs) drunk (laughs) which restaurant it was uh it was dva lounge on davy this was back um what's that it's like down towards nelson i think no Oh, it uh, used to be. It's not there anymore. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, down yeah. down by Nelson. But the building burnt down, so now it's a big park. Um, oh, but wow. it's a really oh, funny yeah. story because, I, Yaniv, I can't believe you can't remember this because it's stuck out of my mind so well. Maybe it's because it was like 2 o'clock in the morning, you don't remember, and I was working. But <sighs> um, you were sitting in a different server section. My my friend uh, Alicia was, was serving you guys. And I went over and said, hi, how are you doing? Long time no see. And then everything seemed fine. And then um, she came up to me. I think maybe you had gone already. And she said, she said, wow, like he had some really interesting stories about you. I thought you were a nice guy. Like, <laughs> what did he say? Oh, my like, God. What, what happened? And she's and she's told me that you you had told her that when I was a teenager, I beat up John so badly that I put him in the hospital with a broken chest. You remember this? Oh, well, I do remember that story. Yeah, yeah. Um, not, not the seeing you part, but I do remember the story of you breaking John's chest vaguely. But I didn't, though. You realize I did not break my brother's chest, well, right? There was something, right? No, John, he, he had like a like a bone thing. A or bone contusion or something. Yeah, he had a convex chest and he was embarrassed. So he told everyone the story that I beat him up and put him in there. Oh, okay. But this obviously like this stuck with you. And years later, when I was an adult, he told my co-worker this story. Okay, well, in my defense, if I'm in a restaurant at two in the morning, there's like an 800% chance that I'm just like way, way, way too drunk. Oh, I'm not I'm not blaming you just to make it abundantly clear I'm blaming my lying brother your two-time podcast guest that that sounds like something he would say though for sure man yeah I think that was the last time I saw you actually so it's been a long time yeah so you didn't see him but he saw you yeah he I didn't see because I was blacked out but uh you saw me yeah but how you been since then oh you know that's 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 a complicated answer yeah. complicated question 
Um, but more importantly, how have you been since then? Tell us a little bit about um, you guys and what you're up to now, uh, where you've been up to for these last 20 odd years and um, what the last couple of months have been like for you. Yeah, there's, there's a lot there, I guess. So, so Jen and I have been together for a long time. Since 2003. Yeah. Yeah. So 17 years. It's been a long time. Uh, we got married 13 years ago. all guys are always like have to ask to confirm like if if anybody asks me i just look at michelle and don't say anything because i have no clue (laughs) i mean that's exactly what i just did yeah yeah um we've got two boys a 12 year old and a nine year old um they keep us pretty busy Mm -hmm. jenny's an artist yeah i also work at a museum okay we just had a museum person yesterday yeah. My, uh, you might know him, uh, Dave, uh, Michael Schwartz. Mm, I don't know. No, sounds no. familiar. Not sure. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Keep going. Uh, yeah. So, so Jen, um, Jen's an artist working at a museum. I'm in consulting. I do uh, like data architecture and cloud computing consulting. Um, the the boys are you know, super busy with a bunch of different stuff. They're, you know, learning piano and drums and swimming lessons. And uh, we, you know, they were supposed to be in ball hockey um, right now, but that got canceled, unfortunately, um, along with a lot of stuff. So we're, we've kind of been hunkered down for the last, uh, I've been working from home for like 45, 50 days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um you started working from home, what, like a month ago? Yeah, a month, about a month ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the last day of school for the boys was uh, March 14th or 15th. And then they had spring break. And then obviously never went back. So they're doing some like, online courses for school. Um, yeah, when we talked to John, he said that y- you guys were like, he's on the on the far left side of the anxiety spectrum where he just like doesn't care at all, it seems like. Uh, and he says you're much closer to at least my end. I don't know if I'd say our end, but at least my <laughs> end of the spectrum, which is, you know, taking it pretty seriously and doing kind of full social distancing and, and isolation, and all that. Is that is that accurate? Yeah, yeah. Well, our son, our younger son has asthma. Mm. And so uh, we've already experienced uh, being traveling and have him get a virus. And then he was hospitalized mm. uh, for that uh, while we were on vacation. And I was able to stay with him um, in the hospital. But as soon as we realized the extent of what it, what hospitalization means, um, even if, you know, it, young children don't usually get it very severely um that really put us into high alert mode like the idea of your kid being in a hospital and you not being able to be with them Mm -hmm. is terrifying you know yeah scary yeah yeah we've taken it pretty seriously dave is very he also has kind of germaphobe tendencies so he takes it like to an extreme and i'm trying well i think you do you're very serious and so i try to like respect his feelings it's so I'm probably less um, less serious, but I've tried to be as respectful of his fear as possible. It's been a lear- it's been an interesting learning curve going through a pandemic. It's our first pandemic as a couple, so <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, you just described our relationship to a T too, where like when Michelle leaves the house, I say to her, 
uh, practice my level of anxiety, please, <laughs> while you're out there. Exactly. <laughs> as it should be. That's the perfect language. Res- I, I respect his feelings. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> what I'm doing. <laughs> but like, hey, I mean, we, you know, we do go out in the neighborhood for walks and mm-hmm. stuff. We, we live in kind of a, um, a forested area. There's a lot of space to move around. We have a nice trail that we walk up and down. Um, and even just today, we uh, we went down the trail and people aren't taking it as seriously as I think we are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, walking, you know, if they're living together and they're walking side by side, like we're walking side by side, no big deal. But like, at least go to the other side of the path and keep, you know, keep distance. But when there's like no attempt to move over whatsoever, it gives me a, not a panic attack, but it makes me a little bit kind of upset. Like, have you not turned on the news in the last yeah. like 40 days? Do you not know what's going on? We're not supposed to like bump shoulders against each other but yeah that, that's a reason why I'm so anxious about going out yeah we live in we live in downtown Vancouver so like the beaches are packed and like coming out of the apartment it's just people mm-hmm. everywhere and doesn't see I know I know there's tons of people who do take it seriously but you don't see those people because they're all at home you just see all the people who are out and those people don't seem to really care at all yeah like the, the parks are just like it seems busier than before because nobody has work. So it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Do you think that it is starting to get worse or has it been like that since the beginning? I don't know. We we didn't go out <laughs> for like the first, at, at least a month. Well, I mean, it was bad enough that they removed the logs from the beach because people were still just hanging out. Like they were going down in bigger groups. So they, you know, and then they had to take away all the parking. And then now the, the part that they have barricaded off or piloned off so that people don't park it's filled with bikers like cyclists yeah and we mentioned this um in one of the other podcasts like bikers downtown like will be one it's it's way busier than it was before as far as biking at least like we were driving back we've gone out like one time basically we went to a secluded park where there's literally nobody there and then on our drive back into downtown the bike lane was just one after the other after the other and i was saying on the last podcast like in that situation, you don't have airspace because as soon as you pass, the guy behind you is going right through your airspace. So it's you can't keep six feet because you're a second later, you're in somebody's airspace. So I don't I mean, I guess they don't care or they're just yeah. laissez faire about it. But um, yeah, it seemed crazy when we were driving through it. Yeah. And listen, I'll just I'll play the devil's advocate for a second because I don't believe in this argument at all. Well, maybe maybe I do for a little bit because that's why it's in my head. But I mean, there is something to be said about, you know, the mental health aspect of this as well. And being cooped up for four or five, six weeks straight does not do your head any good, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, um, you have to get out there and get some vitamin D from the sun and get some fresh air. But yeah, it's, it's all about balance, I think. Yeah, someone today actually uh, said to me that he's like respecting everyone's reaction to what's happening because your perceived risk is your reality. So if you don't think it's safe, that's your, I mean, if you don't feel there's a risk, that's your reality. You're just out there living your life, not caring. But if you know, like there's risk to me and my family, then that's, that's the reality you're living in right now. So he's like, you just have to be respectful of how everyone's living. But at the same time, yeah, like someone tried to get in the elevator with me and I'm like, why? (laughs) I'll just get out and take the stairs. (laughs) Oh, did you actually get out? No, that one, I, that we talked about this, I joked, he went to get in and I, I was like, I've been sick. Oh. And then he didn't get in. She, oh, she hasn't good, been good, sick. I haven't. I just but, didn't know no, what else to good, do. That's a good call though. That's the way I would have played it too. The, the alternative is you try and hold your breath for the whole elevator. Right. Ride, which I've, is tricky. 
yeah. then you just start coughing because you held your breath too long. <laughs> yeah, I've done that walking up and down the stairs, like going to like drop off garbage. And I'm like, I don't know who's been in this stairwell in the last 30 seconds. Yeah. And so where do we where do we go from here? What are you guys thinking? Are you guys like stockpiling food? Are you just hopeful this is going to end sooner than later? If they said tomorrow, if the government said, all right, everybody back to school, are you sending your kids back to school this year? What are your thoughts? Wow. I I don't know. I feel uh, almost paralyzed with uh, that I can't think very far in the future. Like I can only do a couple days, maybe a week or two before um, it goes blank in my head. So I really feel like it's like a moment to moment decision making. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, if they tell me tomorrow that they want to bring the kids back to school, then we'll, we'll in that moment, make a decision. Like I can't even really contemplate very well because the scenarios seem so um, removed, you know, like this is the reality. It doesn't go beyond these walls now <laughs> or something like that. So I don't know. I don't think we would be against the kids going back to school, but we would have to think of it, you know, really seriously for Elliot um, just because of his risk level um it certainly isn't easy teaching him at home <laughs> mm -hmm. um homeschooling is you know it's tricky because when you're trying to work and be a teacher at the same time I'm finding it quite challenging so yeah I mean I would rather they be in school but if it is it is it safe I have no idea are you finding like as you're trying to homeschool are your kids emotional at all like are you are you noticing that they're expressing feelings without maybe having the words to express them um, yeah, the proximity um, that we have and then them trying to learn a whole new way. Our 12-year-old is, you know, they're kind of trying to teach them how to manage their time. And I found yesterday he got really overwhelmed really easily with the idea of all the assignments he had to hand in, even though I would say, you know, he's definitely doing less work than he would be doing if he was in school. Mm -hmm. He had this level of anxiety that I thought was higher than usual because he just doesn't understand, you know, the complexities of trying to manage his time when he's like one minute he's on a class, you know, over um, Microsoft Teams and the next minute he's playing video games and like he can't really negotiate the in-between like, oh, maybe I shouldn't play video games. Maybe now I should go do my work and then I can, you know, mm -hmm. like all those little intricacies of time management, which are like, that's a really huge learning process even for adults. So yeah, and usually yeah. they get longer to learn that process. It's not, here you go, you're yeah. out of school. Yeah. yeah, I mean, some of us have not learned that process. <laughs> still struggle with it. Yeah, it's it's hard to learn, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. our older one, but, but Akai, our 12-year-old, seems to be managing it fairly fairly well. He's a pretty easygoing kid. Elliot, our youngest, uh, is not expressing frustration that, you know, we're stuck at home all the time and he can't see his friends, but he does have a bit of a shorter fuse a bit more impatient and I think that's probably a symptom of just how disruptive this has all been mm -hmm. um yeah so, so temper tantrums have been a bit more frequent uh, patience levels are down for sure um snacks seem to help mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. not necessarily a good yeah. thing for snacks me either and going outside are helpful. yeah fresh yeah. air is really good so we're fortunate that we live in a forested area and we can you know duck into the trees and have some you know quiet time so that's been helpful for sure yeah, we've noticed that with Parker too. Like he won't, he, he he doesn't really ever say like anything negative about having to stay home or anything like that, unless we really kind of like 
pick at him and just try and really get a sense of how he's feeling. But he will like all of a sudden you'll you'll raise your voice a little and he'll just like cry and he'll be like, Oh, this is an overreaction and you know, I gotta I gotta just I know this isn't about whatever the heck we're arguing about then. He's just feeling overwhelmed or something. So it's been it's been like uh yeah, a bit of a challenge to kinda always you always have to be on, I find now that you always have to be watching them and making sure they're at the right levels and it's not too much. Because we we've talked about this too on the podcast that it's it, all that schooling, like even though it's less than they do at school, it's a bit much to expect of anyone going through this at such a young age to really like expect them to be handing in assignments and putting in hours of work and all that. It just seems like I know I couldn't have done it back in the day. I mean, even under the best circumstances. So. Yeah, it's kind of, it is tricky um, to know how much is the right amount because I also don't want them to just be idle because I feel like that's also kind of breeds this, this sense of boredom and this deep sense of malaise that they just can't deal mm -hmm. with. So if they've got something to keep them busy, that's helpful, but you don't want them to be so busy that they find it stressful either. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, um, Go ahead. Oh, you're, you asked earlier about... Um, whether we're stockpiling food. And I was thinking about that because our, our grocery habits and our eating habits have changed quite a lot, uh, actually. Uh, I wouldn't say we're stockpiling, but you know, in order to try and avoid going out as much as possible, we are doing like bigger grocery shops and, and Jen's the one that goes out, puts a mask on and does all of that. I'm, I just cower inside my, my home. Um, but yeah, we are getting bigger groceries. We're obviously eating in every meal um, I really miss going to restaurants. <laughs> I think that's probably the single biggest thing that I miss the most. And as soon as this all does um, blow over and everything gets back to normal, that is the first thing I'm going to do. Yeah, I really miss sushi. <laughs> oh, I was just going to say, same sushi. thing. Sushi, for well, sure. We have had sushi a couple times. Yeah, we ordered, we, we ordered in, which was which yeah. was nice. But I want the experience of like going into the sushi restaurant too. Yeah. So all the ambiance and everything. I actually miss eating with friends, having friends over to eat with us. I actually miss that more than restaurants, which surprises me a little bit, but yeah. And so what are you guys doing? Let's personally, like not with the kids, how are you guys stress releasing when your anxieties are, are getting too high? Well, I try to do yoga as much as possible. Um, that's really helpful to me. And I read a lot um, and I make my artwork that really helps me but um walking in nature too I, I would love to be able to go to just like one of our favorite places to hike and hike but we try to avoid anywhere that we think might have too many people um yeah that's what I've been doing I've been um I've been working so much that I don't get too much time to decompress when I do have a, a little bit of time I'll just veg out on the couch and play video games playing lots of rocket league <laughs> that's been getting me through. Uh, how's how's your uh, alcohol intake gone over the last month you know it's super funny i had a new year's resolution to just stop drinking for a while not to like go completely um sober or anything like i just felt like at the end of the holiday season last year i was maybe um consuming too many calories uh, so I went January, February and half of March without drinking at all. And then as soon as the quarantine hit, I was like, it's, it's, <laughs> just give me a beer. And then, uh, yeah. 
Yeah, I don't. I don't think we've uh, we've hit it too hard, but we are definitely drinking during the week, which we didn't do before. Yeah, we would we would try to save drinking like for Friday nights. We'd have a drink together, um, but now we've increased it to <laughs> twice a week. So if we need it on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, we're like, it's okay. We can have another one. It's okay, or we can have it Friday and Saturday, not just Friday. So. Yeah. Two days a week. That's doing pretty good. I feel like compared to most people yeah, right now. I think so too. <laughs> Mine is more like, can you make it to seven o'clock at night as opposed to <laughs> 5 a.m.? Yeah, I think that's reasonable. I mean, we FaceTimed with, with John, my, my brother, the other day. It was what, like two o'clock and they already had a glass of wine? <laughs> Maybe that's why he's so relaxed. Yeah. He's just like, oh, what are you guys talking about? I'm not stressed at all. I'm just Bye. drunk all day. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it was it was a weekend though. In fairness, it was. It was yeah. yeah. It was a Saturday or Sunday, so they're fun. Are are you guys drinking more than usual? I like have bare, like I've maybe drank like five times in the last ten years. Yeah, Yanni and I never have a drink together ever. Like that's not something we like do. we met. How many years ago? Oh my goodness, almost fifteen years ago. Okay, so for the first like that was when I was still in university. Yeah. So the first couple of years we drank together, and that was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. um and then eventually I, I stopped drinking like I, I just found it like too hard on my body and the next day would just be too miserable and it took me like three days to recover so I was just like I'm done with this and I then... was not done with <laughs> she was not <laughs> and uh yeah and then when I try and go back like if I'd have like you know you take a year off and then you try and have one night and it's just like brutal the next day so I was just like never tempted to go back and then now uh for I feel like you're a day, almost a daily. A day, it's been, it's been, it's gotten, it's amped up again. Like there was a, okay. So at the very beginning when, so I'm prone to panic attacks and anxiety. So at the beginning of this, all when this all started, um, I was really bad and I was drinking a lot. And then I just kind of found my groove and slowed it down. And then I was like, oh, I can drink beer again. Like it, it, ha- it hasn't affected me as badly. So now it's like a daily, just kind of a meditation, an alcohol <laughs> meditation, <laughs> a, a nightly thing. But um, it's not, it's not heavy drinking. Like no. it's, it's like like two drinks to to knock the edge off and then just go to bed. Yeah. Oh yeah, so same, same as us. It's the nightcap, as they call it. Yeah, I think yeah. like. I always like I think I drank most weekends before so it was like no big change for me but I I get up so early that it's pretty hard to drink during the week but I feel like when I have bad days like this week I've had a lot of bad days I I notice that I'm drinking more I definitely notice it like it's my response to those like having a stressful work day like I'm, I'm sure like if you know you know like if you're working all day plus you have kids and you get off there's no, like, you don't get that commute home anymore. You don't get that time to decompress. You know, you don't get other adults really to talk to other than, you know, demanding things from you. And there's just, yeah, it's just some days are a bit harder than others. Mm, for yeah, sure. Very... Yeah. yeah. What do you do for work? Uh, I'm an accountant, but I work in client experience for an accounting firm or like a back office firm. Oh, okay. So it's just, okay, cool. yeah, high stress and the daily that is stressful especially right now i'm sure there's just crazy stuff happening. yeah and just like the every day something's changing with the government and it's just do you find that like for any of your clients are you affected by you know like every i feel like every day the government has some new program to try to help people out and and keep people afloat do you find that like the people you work with are affected by this and need those types of supports um possibly i mean our clients are definitely affected uh 
but but typically because we're consulting and specifically around um, custom software development, it's an expenditure that can get cut pretty mm-hmm. easily. So so that initial shock of the economy like grinding to a halt um, negatively affected you know, all the projects that we had in flight um, and all of our pipeline, obviously. Um, but now it's it's starting to get back to normal. I'd say even even this week has felt more normal um, than than the preceding four or five weeks before it. Um, so people are starting to get back into gear and they're getting ready to you know reopen business and and kicking off their projects again, which is which has been a nice sign. But yeah, there was um, there was a ton of uncertainty um, right at the beginning, and you know we weren't sure how long we would be able to keep the doors open because if you know, if there's no one to consult with. Um, the bills aren't getting paid, but but fortunately, and I'm very grateful for it, for it that that we've made it through. Mm-hmm. So it, it looks like it's um, it's coming back around. And Jen, for you as someone working with museums, which uh, which you know, obviously nobody's going to museums right now, and so you guys, I assume, have had to go virtually. And so, what do you what do you work on now, or, or what's the focus on now? Mm-hmm. Um, well, we have worked, we're working on developing some virtual tours. Um, so we're trying to offer those to some of the school groups that were supposed to be coming in in person to visit the museum over the next few months. We're hoping that that's going to be something that the teachers will be interested in having their children log on to, um, or their students log on to. And then we've also created a journaling project at our museum where we're encouraging members of the community to keep a journal and consider donating it to us for our archives uh, once this is over. So it's a lot of um, kind of creative coming up with ideas to keep the community engaged and support the community. Um, And also trying to look forward into the rest of the year. And for myself, I'm the program manager. So I had, you know, dozens of events and bookings with different performers and things that were supposed to be happening and now I'm either canceling those or postponing them or trying to figure out how we can fit them into um, our schedule later on or if they have to be cut altogether. Uh, So it's a lot of uh, juggling that way and then I've also been doing some video editing and coming up with like we were supposed to host an artist panel um, which we did over Zoom and I'm just editing that video so that our uh, patrons can watch uh, the artists discussing the art, even though they can't actually be there in person. And we made that an online exhibit. So it's a lot of moving onto virtual space. Mm-hmm. And what have you found the response to that to be uh, good or lackluster? Uh, what are I'm interested to know what the public is doing, the the museum loving public, in this instance. Are are they into it? Are they looking for a distraction, or are they, is everybody kind of checked out a little bit? It's harder to know with the patrons. Um, We've had a lot of the artists are so grateful. Um, They've been so thankful that we were able to um, pivot and put that exhibition online so that people can still see it. Um, They were very grateful for the support of their work. Um, So in that way, it's been really rewarding, but it is harder to know how engaged our our visitors are. Um, I think, especially with the level of anxiety that some people are experiencing, it's just harder to get those interactions um, as social, on social media. So we still really haven't seen as much engagement as I was hoping for, but um, yeah, we're working on it still too. It's a, it's a moving 
evolving process with each week. Mm -hmm. I thought that was like, it's interesting that you bring up like putting that request out and hoping that people will journal and submit it to you later, because that's exactly what we talked about yesterday. And it was the first time I realized that we're living through history. Like this is actually, people are going to want to know how we, we reacted and what happened. And I've just never thought like of our generation of being anything that everyone, that someone's going to look back at and wonder like, wow, how did they get through that? And so like, do you, did you get a good response or people like committing to this or, or do people even want to record what they're going through? Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping they are. Um, I mean, we, like I said, it's a little bit hard. We haven't set any dates for, sub for submitting these things yet. We're just kind of putting it out there into, um, into the internets and hoping that people are picking it up. Um, and then we're actually going to be doing something in collaboration with the city library uh, where they're going to create a time capsule. And so they're hoping people will bring objects to put into this time capsule. And then in five years, um, we'll have like a big party and open it up and people will remember what they were going through during this period. So yeah, we, we kind of called it history unfolding. So being part of this very big historical um, moment and trying to get people to engage with that and see history as this thing that we are participating in. Um, Should we put something in the time capsule? We like can. A roll of toilet paper in the basement? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> something a little an, bit more thoughtful. An than empty that. bottle of wine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you might, uh, Jen, you might really enjoy the episode from yesterday with um, Mike. Um, and if you do, if you listen to it and, and feel like, I don't know, I was just thinking like, maybe you guys can connect in some way and, and do something together or help each other out in some way. Just let us know we can make that connection for you. Yeah, he's been, he, yeah, he's been connecting with other other museums. So I'm sure he'd be interested. Yeah. Cool. I'll check that out. And so maybe we can kind of leave with this. We've been trying to get some uh, positivity out of people kind of near the end of episodes. And whether that's as parents or just um, as people, what are you guys taking away from this? That um, you, what is, What's the positive silver lining for you in all this? I mean, quite a few things, I think. For me, I'm extremely grateful um, that I'm working, that we've got food, that we've got a safe place and we're healthy and the kids are safe. Um, so, so I guess that's part of a, part of my silver lining. Um, also, I mean, being able to spend so much time at home with them is something that I, I have never gotten to do before. Um, so seeing them all day, except for, you know, instead of just like the last hour or two of the day when I usually come home from work and put them to bed has been super nice. I mean, it's not always the, the most pleasant experience, like trying to convince a kid to get online and do their homework. And um, that part's tough, but being able to spend as much time is definitely uh, something I'm super grateful for. I think I'm grateful for this example of um, society doing something really fast and it not like causing the apocalypse like and I know to some people things have changed too much and you know the economy took a dive or all these different things but um to me it's kind of positive to see that if you actually want to change something if if humans actually want to work together and make something happen that we can it's just like evidence mm -hmm. of that which I feel is a really positive example that we can go back on in future when we're trying to convince people of the 
ability of things to change. So. Yeah, that's really well said. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that's a that's a takeaway for this one. I like that too. For sure. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on and sharing. And it's been awesome catching up and uh, hopefully won't be another 20 or however many <laughs> years it's been since that late night restaurant <laughs> meeting. <laughs> Sounds good. We'll, uh, we'll go out for beers once it's safe and socially. For acceptable. sure. Yeah. Cannot wait. So uh, good luck in the meantime with everything. Enjoy your walks and uh, stay safe. And we'll talk to you soon. Okay, thanks. Thanks. Take Bye. care. Bye-bye.